turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our worldwide audience for another episode of the Rescuers radio show, heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. Please go to the rescuersradioshow.org website where you can hear all the shows we're up to 172, and you hear them on podcasts once they air every Thursday at 5.30. And this is a listener-supported uh, show, so you can donate through that website as well if you uh, feel so uh, to do that. My guest is very interesting, uh, Christopher Beth, founder, chief storyteller, and director of The Bucket Ministry. There's one for you. Hi, Chris. How are you? Very good. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm uh, grateful. Oh, it's a it's a pleasure. And uh, and we're going to unpack what you do in the bucket ministry. But first, uh, before diving into that, I'd like for you to uh, supply uh, a, a little background inf- information on you. How did you get to this point in your life? Oh, great question. So I spent 35 years as a business consultant and honestly thought I would retire there and go fishing a lot. I never had any idea that, um, honestly, I would be fishing for men at this point (laughs) in my life. There you go. Um, So about uh, 11 years ago, my daughter came home from school and she said she wanted to go on this mission trip to the Brazilian Amazon. And while she had been on other mission trips, she had never been so far from home, so remote. So my wife and I quickly decided that if if she was going to go on this trip, someone was going to have to go with her. And that became my job. So I went on this trip to Manaus, Brazil. We boarded an open air river boat and we traveled 18 hours into wow. the Amazon basin um, in the most uncomfortable environment I've ever been in. I believe it. And on that third day of that trip, uh, I was asked to go across the river and um, knock on some doors and tell people what we were going to be doing in their village that day. And uh, the very first house I went to, I was warmly greeted by this just beautiful Brazilian couple and invited me into their home with my interpreter. And uh, the woman quickly looked at me and I'm this giant, sweaty American. (laughs) And she goes, are you thirsty? 
And I'm like, yeah, I'm thirsty. And I will tell you, Art, prior to this, I never had any idea that there was a world water crisis. It just didn't even come on my radar, right? Because I spent most of my life living what would be compared to world standards, a privileged life. And if I was thirsty and wanted some water, I just went and got it out of my refrigerator, out of my (laughs) filter in my refrigerator, or I went and bought a bottle of water. Of course. So when she asked me if I was thirsty, I expected her to go into a refrigerator that didn't exist and to get me a bottle of water that didn't exist. Um, So what I watched is I watched her go into her kitchen. She got two cups. They were mismatched and they were cracked. And she walked outside. And I remember thinking, there's no refrigerator outside. What is she (laughs) doing? So she walks outside and she dips these two cups of water into the the water of the Amazon River and pulls these two cups out. And I'm standing in the doorway watching this art. And I'm thinking, what in the world is this woman doing? (laughs) And sure enough, she comes in, hands one cup to me, one cup to my interpreter. And at this point, there's these big decisions you have to make in life that are going to affect your outcome. (laughs) On one hand, if I drink this, I'm going to be sick and in the bathroom the entire trip. On the other hand, I just told her I was thirsty. I don't want to I don't want to be rude and not drink the water she gave me. So as I'm pondering this decision, um, I look over at my interpreter and he's shaking his finger. Don't do it. So I know I can't drink it. And this is where the gravity of this situation starts to set in. I now realize that these, all these people have to drink out of a river. How, how is this even possible? And then as I'm holding this glass of dirty water, I heard something I'd never heard before. Or I will tell you uh, some, something I've never listened to. And prior to this day, um, 11 years ago, I was not inclined to... Uh, uh, even register that it was possible to hear God's voice. Mm. In fact, when people said, well, God told me to do this today, I was like, skeptically, right? I was like, really? Come on. (laughs) Um, But while I'm holding this glass of water and there's things swimming in it, (laughs) I heard two words and God clearly said, help them. Oh, man. But it came with no instruction art. I yeah. didn't know if help them meant, am I supposed to cook him dinner? Am I supposed to give him 20 bucks? Yeah. What has helped them? And so on that day, 11 years ago, is where God breathed life mm. into the bucket ministry. Wow. And on that day, 11 years ago, is where he showed me why I was created. Oh, my gosh. Well, let's we're going to dive into the, the ministry right now. Uh, you, you have a couple of statements regarding the mission of the Bucket Ministry, such as um, help for foster kids and sharing Jesus and clean. Please share about those uh, sayings for us. Well, I'm not sure where the foster kids came. Oh, okay. uh, statement came <laughs> through because that's not us. What oh, we okay. do is really simple, Art. Um, we we use clean water as a way to share the gospel. Yeah. And then we disciple those that come to believe. And so our mission statement is sharing God's love through the gift of clean, safe drinking water. And what we do is providing a uh, small portable water filter that attaches to any type of bucket that lasts over 20 years. 
that takes all the parasites, all the bacteria, all the um, contaminants that are in unclean surface water, like river water. And this is something and, you didn't buy at Ace Hardware. You, 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 uh, you, you, uh, you're the guy that designed and, and brought this to life, right? Well, I wish I could take credit for that part, but the filter itself was designed by our dear friends, uh, Sawyer Products ah. out of Tampa, Florida. Yeah, I saw and the name was, and your information. It was originally designed for camping and backpacking use. So um, uh, when I got back from the Amazon on that first trip, I started researching um, opportunities to provide clean water because I thought maybe that's what helped them meant. And there's a zillion filters out there that are fantastic, but there's very few, almost none, that are this simple, this easy to clean, and this long-lasting. So these small filters will last over 20 years wow. for a family and will yield 350 to 500 gallons per day. And as we start to think about what does that mean, this filter becomes a generational access point to clean, safe drinking water. Everywhere. Um, and uh, so many of the families we serve are, they're like six to eight people in a family. Yeah. So um, this becomes more water than any one family needs as far as clean, safe drinking water. It, so much so that they can use it to clean their food, to clean their pots and plant pans, to wash their hands, brush their teeth. So... Um, that's the clean water part mm. of this process, but we use that exclusively as an introduction to start to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the people that receive these filters. So how many uh, countries have you delivered this to? Well, we've worked in 20 countries uh, total. We're consistently right now working in about 12. And over the last 11 years, um, we've distributed a couple hundred thousand of these filters, and uh, which means we've served just a little over a million people with hope and uh, generational access to clean water, the gospel, and we've discipled hundreds of thousands of those people. Well, to begin with, uh, before we go any further, you're lucky to be alive. You, you didn't sup, sip those first glasses of water, right? No, I didn't. In fact, it's it's funny you ask that, Art, because I never tell that part of the story. And someone always asks, so did you drink it? And that that answer is no. And um, behind your so, back, it just slipped into the ground below you, probably. Right. <laughs> well, I did pour it out because I didn't want to I didn't want to upset this woman that gave me the water, of course. But that that struck a nerve and became a burden that uh, I carry to this day in thinking about that very first day when I mm. saw people drinking from a river yeah. and they thought that was yes. normal. You know, uh, and then Christ came into your life and, and took you in a different direction. Um, that's an amazing story. And uh, the people that drink that water all the time every day, how are they— <laughs> They must be have every disease or, you know, some of them die, right? Well, I, I got to be honest, that part of it is a is the brutal part of the story. Yeah. So many of the people that we serve are, they've never seen what clear water looks like. Wow. And to put that in perspective, 
Um, I had a team uh, two weeks ago that were in Honduras, and uh, we showed a family clean water that came from this filter, and uh, the parents started crying. And um, I, I, I thought I did something wrong when we were in the home, and they said, we've never seen what that looks like. And to just think think about that. Never seeing what clear water looks like Absolutely. or having access to it. So in the early days of the bucket ministry, I thought I knew everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I would go into villages in, in the Amazon and I would ask people because I thought I knew the answer. I would say, are you sick? And are, none of the people would say they're sick. And I'm like, how can this be possible? Oh. I know they're drinking from the river. But when I changed the question, it illustrated everything I needed to know. Instead of asking, are they sick? I asked them, um, uh, how many people here have diarrhea more than once a week? And everyone raised their hand. Oh, my gosh. So that illustrates that they think that's normal. They, They don't even consider. They've never seen it. They don't even consider yeah. that having diarrhea isn't normal. Whoa. Hey, I, and so that's the gravity of the work that we do. And that's, that's also the illustration of how well the filter works as a tool yeah. to be able to get people's yeah. attention, soften their hearts, and allow us to share the truth of Jesus with them mm. in a meaningful way where whether they decide that they want to follow Jesus or not, uh, they're still going to get the filter. They're still going to get this gift of hope Absolutely. for their family. Yeah. So a um, little message for our audience here. If you're late coming into the episode of Rescuers, my guest is Christopher Beth, founder, chief storyteller, and director of The Bucket Ministry. And wow, do you have stories. <laughs> so, um, so Christopher, uh, share... Uh, that 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 uh, that's a starch reality that you just brought in for uh, in front of our audience. Uh, there's another episode that I want you to talk about. It's a large and positive outreach in uh, Nairobi. Is it Nairobi, Kenya? Nairobi, Nairobi, Kenya. Kenya. Yes, sir. And and tell us about the lifespan of. You've already kind of ex- explained the lifespan uh, of of the bucket. Uh, filter, but that what what happened in Kenya? Yeah, so in 2017, uh, we were working up country in Kenya in some small bush villages, and our driver was bringing us back to the airport in Nairobi, and we were on a bypass that goes around the city, and he brought us past this place that looked like a sea of rusty metal. I'd never seen anything like it before. It looked like miles and miles of rusty metal rooftops. Oh my, and oh I my. looked over and I said to my driver, what is that? And in, in this gruff voice, he goes, Kibera. And he kept driving. And honestly, I was afraid to ask anymore at that point because he seemed bothered by having to talk about it. So I went home and I researched this. I looked on the Internet. What is Kibera? And it turns out that Kibera is one of the largest urban slums in the world. It's not the largest, but it's one of the largest urban slums in the world and certainly at the top in Africa. And it's in the middle of Nairobi, Kenya, right 
tucked into the middle of the city next to a golf course. And what we now know Kibera is, it's it's three square miles where 95,228 families are sequestered to this life of living in this slum where the average median income is $26 per month per family. The average family lives in an eight by eight or 10 by 10 dirt floor, rusty metal home. There's no bathrooms in the homes. There's no permanent electricity in the homes. There's no safe water in the homes, no food preparation area in the homes. But yet 408,000 people live in this highly densely populated Mm. area. So, Art, I saw this thing and I immediately got convicted to try to understand what is this and read up about it. And honestly, I ran away from it three different times because we're a tiny organization. How in the world can we help 400,000 people? Mm. I mean, it just at that point, it seemed ridiculous. And God kept on bringing us back there. The next year, I went back there twice, started to learn, started to talk to village elders. I started to interview people. And eventually, um, God hit us over the head enough that uh, we committed uh, to provide everyone in that place every family 95,228 families mm. with access to the to clean safe drinking water for their family which means one filter per family and then to preach the good news in every house and to start to teach discipleship lessons in every house and to put this in perspective it costs us about $50 to provide a bucket filter a Bible, antiparasitic medicines, and do three follow-up visitations for every family. So if you multiply 95228 <laughs> times $50, it's about a $4.7 million campaign to blanket every home with hope. Wow. And so at that point, you know, I committed to do this. I had no idea how we were going to fund this thing. Right. Because, again, we're a tiny organization. You start talking about millions. I'm like checked out. (laughs) I'm like, hey, how is that going to happen? So we started to pray over it and prayed over it. And in 2020, uh, in uh, at the height of covid, I got a call from a donor that said, hey, we want to give you the first million dollars to start this campaign. (laughs) And then uh, since then, we have raised about 3.7 million of the 4.7 million that we need to finish it. Mm. We've already distributed half of the filters and we are witnessing such miracles there that uh, at some point um, I need to start writing these stories down because they're wonderful testimonies of what God is doing there in how many filters, uh, 95,000 households, 400,000 people, one filter can do the, one, all of that? or how, No, one filter per family. Per family, okay. One filter per family. Okay, so we're it. installing 95,228 filters. And the reason, Art, is the filter is a key. Yeah. The filter 
opens a door that's previously locked. And because of the filter and people's need for clean water, it starts a relationship. It allows us to build relational equity when there's a filter in every home. Because then we go back to the home and we check on the filter and we build relationships with these people in a way that they are long lasting relationships. Mm. It allows us to pour into them both relationally and then with the gospel. So and, I would imagine when you go back, you see a difference in in their person uh, cleanliness. You see a change in their attitude that would all fall into into suit, right? Amen. Yeah. And yes, we do. And just to put it in perspective, Hope College in Holland, Michigan, did a study on 10,000 of these filters that uh, we distributed here so far. Mm. And to start the study off with, um, before people received their filter, 56% of people were reporting signs of waterborne disease mm. and diarrhea. Oh, my. And then 90 days after receiving their filter, 2.2% yep. of the people reported signs of waterborne oh, disease. Oh, my gosh. So we're seeing physical change at a level that I don't think anyone has witnessed ever there in the history of this place. Yeah. And we're actually hearing stories that clinics there in the slum are consolidating because the people aren't as sick as they have been from the waterborne disease. Mm. <laughs> now, wow. that's the physical part of this. Yeah. Uh, the, the other part of this that I think is super important, Art, yeah. is last year alone in 2022, we saw about 8,700 people come to faith in Jesus. Amen. And then, and then uh, we were we were blessed to be able to disciple about 104,000 people that um, sat in on discipleship lessons, and we pointed those people to local like-minded churches. So what I will tell you is happening here in 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 my estimation is we could be looking at one of the largest revivals that any of us in our lifetimes have ever seen and it's going to start at the darkest most deplorable place that most of us as westerners would have ever seen and that's the slum in Kibera and it's starting because God brought this clean water there and his word is become the sword that is going forward. You know, I know it's I know it's not about you and you would say that to to this inner interview. Amen. <laughs> uh, this is about Christ through you that you never saw coming. You you oh. never could have uh, imagined uh coming from a slimy insect infested cup of water along yeah. the Amazon River of all places. And here you are uh, trying to find the funding to manufacture these as fast as you can. And delivery has a charge of its own. You know, that's going to cost something. So I have a question. Um, I was very blessed to have on this show a, a while ago a pastor from uh, Uganda, a Christian mm. pastor from Uganda. And uh, he, was, he said the thing that they have uh, the worry about 
They're in the southern part of Uganda, and they're on the shores of a huge lake. I think it's Lake Victoria, mm-hmm. and uh, and they 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 have they have good water out of that lake, but they they're in need of purification. Mm-hmm. So, do you are you, are you using this in Uganda at all? Uh, we work uh, near Mbale in Uganda, okay. which is a little bit north of where you're describing. Yeah. But um, the filter would work perfectly on Lake Victoria. Yeah. And and it it is uh, a very, very simple, effective tool that we can teach a six-year-old or a 96-year-old. Yeah. Well, just, just, just as an example, this man and his wife for 26 years – they started and they're running a uh, this is where foster care came in my my comments uh, he uh, they they have uh, a a house that they built a huge building for to house 800 children every day are mm. fast our foster children Absolutely. And uh, and they've for some reason they've lost their families or, or whatever that is. Uh, they have to they have to cook food and prepare uh, different medicines for eight hundred children every single day. So, God bless you, and and we we pray that you get to the ends of the earth at some point. But <laughs> this this uh, this uh, bucket ministries. So, uh, Christopher Beth, you are a rescuer. God's Mm. blessings on you, and thank you for being our guest on Rescuers today. God bless you. Well, thank you so much, Art, and your listeners can reach us at thebucketministry.org. One more time. Thebucketministry.org. All right. God bless. God bless. Take care. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM.